킹카 앤 퀸카 여러분 안녕하세요. This is Rome or Hando Jun, your 킹카 친구, 킹카 classmate and the host of 킹카 podcast. Where every week we celebrate the marriage of K-drama and language learning. Welcome to another episode. Today I'm recording the second episode of the fourth season. Yeah, it's the 9th of December. It's 10 p.m. right now. And yeah, I've actually just finished Uh, reading my stuff for for my classes and today I was actually on a vacation leave in the morning I did process some uh, what do you call this some uh, IDs I mean valid IDs from government offices so uh, my day was quite packed but yeah how about you 여러분 잘 지내고 있었죠? 네. 지난주도 잘 지내셨죠? 네, 저도요. 근데 요즘에 너무나 바빠서 어, 정신없어요. <웃음> um, anyway, uh, in today's episode, I'm going to tell you about a K-drama called Dear My Friends. Okay, last week I told you about Hellbound. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I I already told everything I wanted to ta- say about Hellbound. So today is a different day. So if last week was kind of, you know, we're talking about very dark stuff in today's episode or in this week's episode, it's something light-hearted. It's like I I think if I would compare Hellbound and Dear My Friends to Food, I think Hellbound would be something like hardtack and then Dear My Friends would be cotton candy. I'm not sure if everybody knows hardtack because when I explained hardtack to some of my friends in the improv scene, they they didn't know what hardtack was or is. And I guess it's the same for me. I mean, I only learned about hardtack or in Korean it's kompang. Uh, when I got introduced to Korean food, kompang, right? That's how you pronounce it, kompang. Yeah, hardtack. I'm not sure if it exists in other cultures or in other countries, but yeah, it's a hard biscuit. And yeah, so for me, hellbound is like kompang or hardtack. And dear my friends, it's like cotton candy. I'm not sure if there's cotton candy in Korea. Maybe there is. There should be, right? Anyway, so what to expect in today's episode? Let me look at my notebook. So I have five talking points for today. So first, I'll let you know, or my opinion, I'll share with you my opinion about the best time to watch K-drama. Is there something like that? And then second point, my thoughts or my general opinion about the K-drama Dear My Friends. Third, uh... Who do I most relate with? Or who with whom do I relate the most, right? Okay. And then fourth pointer, the erasure of your name. Fifth, Korean family names. I think I'll, I'll talk about those two pointers combined. Okay, so first, the best time to watch K-drama. Is there even such a thing? Before uh, before the pandemic, I would sometimes watch TV series or K-dramas while commuting. 
because my commute from my house to work usually takes around two hours. So two hours going to the office and then two hours going back home. Or sometimes it could be less if there wasn't too much traffic or, you know. But yeah, usually it, it's four hours. So during those four hours of daily commute, it, it would be a waste of time if I didn't do anything, right? So during those times, I would either watch something fun or, I mean, K-drama, TV series, or sometimes educational stuff on YouTube, or maybe sometimes I would listen to audiobooks. That's how I spend those times. So that was before the pandemic. But right now, since we're still mostly working from home, yeah, I'm still working from home, I don't have that commute time. So my K-drama watching habit has kind of changed. And also, I didn't really watch a lot of K-dramas pre-pandemic. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I watched series back then. So, right now, how am I watching K-dramas? I think this is something that I've always talked about or mentioned in the podcast. I'm always saying that I watch K-dramas or, in fact, I watch everything, TV series, movie, only if I'm watching with somebody. I'm not watching these TV series or movies or dramas alone because I feel like it's a waste of time if it's just me watching. I mean, it's nice to watch something alone from time to time, but it would be much better if you watch something together with someone you love or, you know, people you can discuss the discuss with, you know. And so, yeah, the best time for me to watch K-drama right now is in the morning. So my schedule is like this. Like I, I wake up at before 5 a.m. and together with my mom and my dad, Pumunimiran, uh, we do uh, what, what do we do? Kokyundong. We we walk. We walk for exercise, and we do that for Hanshigan, like for an hour. And so, yeah, from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's when we walk, and when we arrive home, we clean up ourselves a bit and then we have our light breakfast and while we're having our light breakfast that's when we watch k-dramas yeah and the first time we watched k-dramas in the morning was when i first when we first watched dear my friends before that we would normally watch k-dramas at night um like after work during dinner time or after dinner time, that's when we would watch K-dramas. But then uh, in November, or was that October? Yeah, in November, in the first week of November, or the last week of October, I started having evening classes for my master's. So we cannot really watch K-dramas at night. So yeah, we decided to move it in the morning. And so right now, I'm watching K-dramas in the morning. And I guess watching K-dramas... In a particular time, I mean, there's really no specific time, I mean, specific best time for you to watch K-drama other than the time that fits you and the time that fits the people you want to watch with. Uh, for me, it's in the morning and I think Dear My Friends is something enjoyable to watch in the morning because... I don't know, the OSTs were just so energetic and starting my day with Dear My Friends during the the 
entire November, I think, entire mornings of November, or at least 15 or 16 mornings of November were really great because, yeah, watching it in the morning made me feel energized. And Dear My Friends is such a feel-good K-drama. So, yeah, starting your day with it for sure is going to make you happy throughout the day. And I'm already talking about my thoughts about Dear My Friends, right? So, Dear My Friends is a story about a group of friends who are in their uh, penultimate years. Is that how I should say it? Penultimate years. Or if we would compare it to the seasons, then I would say they are in the winter time of their life. It's like at the end. It's the final stage of their life. And so... The lead characters in this K-drama are in their senior years. So maybe they were all beyond 60s, except for uh, the daughter, what's her name again? Uh, Park Wan and her boyfriend, Soyona. So except those two characters, all the lead characters were old. And yeah, in Korean... You wouldn't really say uh, old, as in the direct translation of old when you describe people, I guess, because sometimes it can be rude. But it's kind of the same if you say or yeah, something like that. If you say something like that, I think that's also kind of rude. But yeah, it's just age anyway. So, you're considered an old person. Because you ate a lot of age. No, you don't eat age, but that's how they say it. Na, nai mokta. Right? Yeah, nai mani mogumyon. Then, yeah, you're in that penultimate years of your life. But, yeah, although, um, the, how, how did I find out about this K drama? I guess I was just looking for K dramas where. Uh, Yoon Yeo-jung appeared because Yoon Yeo-jung was, uh, I mean, she was popular in Korea even before Minari for sure. But for me, I only found out about her because of Minari. And so I started looking out for her movies and found out Dear My Friends. Also, aside from Yoon Yeo-jung, Namun Hee, which is who is also the lead character in I Can Speak, which I featured in last season's episode. Um, she also is here. And there's actually a lot of veteran actors and actresses in this K-drama. So uh, watching this K-drama is going to be really enjoyable. And I assure you that it's not, it's not a K-drama that's, you know, just that was just done so that they could have content but it is a k-drama that really has story it has its soul it's a really good k-drama i don't know how else i could explain it and during the 15 or 16 days that i was watching this k-drama i couldn't help but always talk about it on my socials so maybe if you were following me on twitter or maybe if we were friends then i would have told you to watch this k-drama probably a lot of times maybe 
But if if I haven't told you that, maybe we're not the closest friends. Maybe, but yeah, it's a really good K drama, and uh, it made me think a lot about our mortality. And there's also a word that I I learned because of this K drama. I mean, I didn't know the word incontinence before watching this. Like, um, I didn't know there was a term for. People losing control of you know what, so incontinence. I only learned that when I watch this. I still don't know what that is in Korean. I should look it up later. Um, but yeah, so incontinence is a new vocabulary word in English that I learned because of this K drama. Uh, what what else? The story doesn't revolve around boring stuff. I mean. It's about the life of these people, and you know what? It's very interesting because when we think that you know, when we are young, we think that oh, we have a lot of problems, we have a lot of uh, stressors going on, and not realizing that people who are older or something also have the same kinds of issues, or maybe they're experiencing something more. Difficult or whatnot. I mean, as long as we live, as long as we have our brains, I think it's natural for us to worry, to be anxious, to be thinking of problems and such. But I guess what I learned from this K drama is that no matter what difficulties or problems that we experience, the fact that we are here right now, or if if we reach the age of sixty, seventy, eighty. It's something to celebrate because that means that we have overcome all the past difficulties that you know we faced in our life lives, and also because of that, I have gained more respect toward older people because yeah, they're alive and they're surviving, maybe even thriving. So I feel like right now, although in the past I already knew that yeah, old older people. Have a different kind of wisdom that we can, you know, learn from. I found out even more that it's really true, and so right now I feel like, yeah, I should spend more time together with older people and, you know, pick on their brains because I'm sure there's a lot that I'm going to learn from them, and maybe there are a few things that they can learn from me too, something like that. So yeah, um, but then. One thing that I really thought about when I watched this K drama is, what about me when I grow old? Because um, this is a group of friends, right? And they were still so tight and so close. They were still friends in their sixties, seventies, and eighties to the point that they would have, I mean, reunions. They would eat together and do different kinds of activities together. I'm wondering about myself if I reach that age. Would I have friends with whom I can go to a Colatech with? Colatech. If you don't know Colatech, I introduced that word in the first season of the podcast. I think Colatech is from Cola and then Discotech. In Korea, it's a place wherein you know uh, seniors, se- senior citizens, or yeah, the people who are quite who are older uh, go to to you know do clubbing. Yeah, I- I'm thinking. Will I have friends who are like that, or 
will we still be close? I mean, I, I have friends right now, but I'm not sure if we can keep it until our 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, you know, hang out like how they did in this K-drama. Okay, so I guess I'm going to answer the question, with whom did I relate the most? Or who do I most relate with? Okay, I keep confusing myself with how to phrase that. And I would say that in the beginning, I would relate a lot to Park Wan, to Park Wan, because, well, I'm still young. Well, Park Wan is not young. She she was in her 40s or near 40s. I'm still young and I sometimes have that kind of prejudice against older people. And like, they can be slow. They can do things that can easily irritate me or something. And for those things, I kind of empathize with Pak Wan because she had to deal with them. But then I think watching this K-drama, I went through the same transformation that Pak Wan went through. Like how her mind or how her mindset towards the older people changed somehow changed me as well. So I guess this K-drama has been a, a good influence to me. And yeah, uh, but but I, I'm thinking that it, it doesn't matter whether you have a good mindset or a bad mindset towards older people. This K-drama is something that you're gonna love for sure. If you watch it and you don't, you, you don't feel like you enjoyed it, let me know and we'll see. We'll discuss what went wrong but yeah i assure you that it's something that's really really good and i think i would consider this k-drama as uh like in my top five okay i, I think i need to list my top five k-dramas soon because there are a lot of k-dramas that i really like but yeah i will put dear my friends on my top five k-drama list i'll make a list sometime soon okay and what else? What else am I going to talk about? I said uh, the erasure of your name and then Korean fa- uh, Korean family terms, okay? Korean family terms, not family names. Because, yeah, there's only a few family names that people are already aware of, like Park, Kim. Ah, uh, yeah, also Choi. Because I think most people, because Korean family names are sometimes... Uh, transliterated so they appear in text as c-h-o-i and people read it as choi but it's not choi there are no people in korea whose last names are choi it's choi choi okay yeah i just wanted to say that but okay so i wanted to share about korean family terms and the erasure of people's names in the korean culture and uh, I'm, I actually not, I actually don't know whether you are, I mean, the listeners of this podcast are beginners or intermediate or are advanced in terms of uh, learning the Korean language. So sometimes I'm thinking of like, what content in terms of the Korean language should I include in the episode because it's kind of, you know, if I share something that's too basic and then there is there are listeners who are 
advanced, they might not feel like, oh, this isn't for me or something. Um, but then, yeah, if I share something too advanced, then those who are not there yet would feel like, oh, it's difficult. Why is this person telling us about those kinds of things? So I don't know, but because of that, I'm just sharing whatever. Today, I just wanted to share about Korean family terms. I'm sure if you've been learning Korean for quite a while, you already know the basic family member names in Korean, like uh, the terms, you know, 가족, 아버지, 아빠, 어머니, 엄마, 부모님, 조부모님, 할아버지, 할머니, 형, 오빠, 누나, 언니, 동생, 남동생, 여동생, 형제, 자매. You know all those, right? If you're at least a beginner, and then maybe you've studied Korean for quite a bit, you know all those terms already, right? And what's confusing for me in the Korean family terms is, you know, when we extend to when we extend outside your immediate family because there's a different term for your uncle or your auntie. Oh, sorry, auntie is uh, aunt, right? Auntie. <laughs> I'm sorry, because we use auntie here in the Philippines. I think in the Philippines, Chinese people mostly use auntie. But yeah, so uncles and aunts, you have different terms that you use depending on the order. I guess, of where they are in the family. And you have a different term for the wife of your uncles. And yeah, it's quite confusing for real. And well, it's not something that you have to memorize unless you are integrating yourself in a Korean family. But it's something that's nice to know. So if you want to learn more about those, um, this is not sponsored, but... I just found this uh, website or web page that's really helpful if you want to learn more of the Korean family terms. I'll put the link on the show notes. It's, But I'll say it also. It's 90daykorean.com. Uh, Korean family terms. I'll just put it in the show notes so that you can easily just go there. But yeah, here it shows the Korean terms for father's side of the family for mother's side and etc etc it's confusing for me and i don't intend to memorize all these it's okay let, let me just share with you some of the words from here father sister father sister is como okay and then your father's sister's husband is como bu como bu and then father's older brother kun Okay, you get that, right? So you have your father, and then if your father has an older brother, you call that person So you have your abuji, you might call your abuji as appa, and then his older brother, you can call him as or pekpu. I haven't heard pekpu before, so is more familiar. And then you, your could have a wife, right? And if your kunappa has a wife, you call her. In English, you would just say aunt, right? But in Korean, it's kunomma. So you have your omma, but then you also have your kunomma. Okay, what about if your mother has an older sister? Hmm. 
Uh, okay, I'm looking at the list, but there's no older sister here. So your mother's sister, it's just your mother's sister. It doesn't matter if your mother's sister is older than her or younger. So you can just call her Imo. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so these things, there's a lot of things here. I don't have the time to discuss everything here. And anyway, it's just, you know, nouns. So it's just terms that you can learn if you want to, you know. Yeah, I said it. If you want to integrate yourself in Korean families, then it would be nice to know all of these. But for me, I don't know. I haven't memorized all of these. There are just a few of the terms here that I'm already familiar with. But yeah, I, I don't intend to know like the, what do you call this? The, because there are things, there are a lot of things here that are quite similar. But like, yeah, if your father has a younger brother, so what, what do you call him? So this one is actually, this is easy. I, I didn't think that it was just this easy. So older than your father is kunappa. But then younger than your brother, I mean younger than your father, it's just chagunappa. Interesting, right? And then the wife of your father's younger brother is chagunomma. It's interesting, I think. And then all your uncles that are unmarried, you can just call them samchon. Hmm. And yeah, I think I'm also at the age where people can call me samchon. But please don't call me that. We are not blood relatives. <laughs> we are just kinka chingu and kinka classmates, okay? Alright, and there was something that I wanted to discuss aside from these family terms. And, well, I, I know that these, this discussion towards the end is not really related to the K-drama, dear my friends. Or somehow it's related because, yeah, it's about relationships, right? We call people differently depending on the relationships that we have with them. And in Korean, there was this concept that I got introduced to while watching K-drama. And it, I will call it the erasure of your name. So as a person, in the passing of time, you eventually lose your name. And this depends on, well, what you do as a person, on who you are, um, your relationship with people... There are a lot of factors, but eventually people in Korea kind of lose their names to the point that nobody will call them their names anymore. So le let me give you an example. For example, if you're a woman, so you have your name, you have your first name, you have your last name as a woman. In Korea, they don't really change their last name if they get married. So, yeah, th that's not what I'm talking about. But rather, how do you lose your name as a woman? Well, while you are in school, I guess, well, when you are in the age that you're still studying, then your friends will call you your name, right? So you still have your name but during that time. And then you get into courtship. Maybe you have your boyfriend or girlfriend. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, wh whatever it is, boyfriend or girlfriend then your partner will call you either Nuna or Oppa, de depending on, you know, the age difference and stuff. And then if you get married and then you have your child, then people will start calling you as the name of your child and then Oma. 
So, for example, if your daughter is called Une, Une or Grace, so Une Oma, that that becomes your name as a mother. And actually, it doesn't apply to mothers alone, but also for men, for dads, they can also be called Une Appa. So, um, and then your children will not call you by your name, right? They will call you as Oma. So be- because we have these uh, terms that are assigned to us by people depending on the relationships that we have with them and sometimes the relationship that we have with others just like you are being called as the mother of your daughter or as the mother of your son or father of your daughter, father of your son then somehow it would be refreshing to be called by your name from time to time i don't know which k-drama i i found out about that because i think there was a mother who was called her i mean who was called by her first name and she kind of kind of felt refreshed when that happened when that occurrence happened because she felt like oh i almost forgot that that's my name because all this time i was called differently and well, while this might not be the same for all cultures in the world, I'm sure there are similarities and also differences. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know what to feel, to be honest, like, when you lose your name. It's not like you're losing your name. It's, I feel like it's being erased and you're no longer called th- your name. Also for... People who are working, right? So at work, because in Korea, you have titles. It, it's not only in Korea, right? I mean, everywhere there are titles, there are positions. But you are not called an assistant manager by your your subordinates. They wouldn't call you assistant manager and then your last name or something in um, English context. But in Korea, people will call you derinim. Derinim, Sajangnim, whatever. So different kinds of titles. And so they will not call you by your name anymore. Even people above you will call you by their by your title. So yeah, nobody calls you by your name anymore. And so I feel like, yeah, call me by your name. Call me by my name. <laughs> yeah, call me. I, I saw call me by your name, by the way. But yeah, that's not the topic here. So I feel like because of that, uh, being called by your first name, by your actual name, becomes more romantic. But yeah, people don't use it as much in Korean. So yeah, why did I decide to include this in the discussion? <laughs> but well, yeah, if you're an idol then to your fans, you will always be your first name. They will always call you by your first name. But then the people who are close to you, the people who are in a relationship with you, might not call you that. Maybe they will call you Dangshin or (laughs) whatever else. Maybe for some people, they will call you different kinds of uh, terms of endearment. But yeah... So what's the takeaway from this episode? Uh, this is hard, right? I guess the takeaway for me, for having watched Dear My Friends, 
is that uh, all of us are given the chance to make beautiful relationships in our lives. And while there are no perfect relationships, yeah, I think there are no perfect relationships. Although there are no perfect relationships, it's possible to make all the relationships that we have to be beautiful. We can make beautiful relationships. And I think that's that's what matters. Yeah, for me right now, creating beautiful relationships and beautiful stories together with people I'm in a relationship with is something that I desire. Yeah, however you are called, yeah, you have your name and you have your relationships and you'll be called different names and that's okay, maybe, if it's something that you have agreed upon. And... Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I've been talking for how long now? Uh, over 30 minutes. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, thank you for listening. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really appreciate it that people are listening to this episode. I mean, this episode, this podcast. And yeah, the podcast is nearing 5,000 downloads. So, maybe before the end of the year, we'll reach 5,000 downloads. And that's all thanks to you. And if you've liked this episode or you've learned something from here, feel free to share it to anywhere. Feel free to share the podcast to your friends. Tell them to listen if you think it will help them or if you think that they'll enjoy listening to me blabber about K-dramas and Korean language and other things. And yeah, if you still haven't subscribed to the podcast or you haven't followed me on my socials, please do so and also, I think if you share the podcast to your friends and stuff, then that will help the podcast to be found. Because, you know, for podcasts, it doesn't really uh, play out the same way that YouTube videos does. Because for YouTube, YouTube videos do. Because for YouTube, you have algorithms. But for podcasts, I don't know. It's, it's not like some podcast will suddenly appear on your Spotify or Apple podcast account because you are interested in you know various kinds of things it's more like you have to look it up or something like or unless it's already on the top tier list or something so sharing is caring again 네 오늘 오늘도 여기까지 들어주셔서 정말 감사하고요 네 다음에 꼭 봐요 oops Okay, yeah, next week and the week after, I think I'll just record very short messages as greetings and maybe not discuss an entire drama because I'm not sure I will have time to, you know, process my thoughts. But maybe I can. But yeah, I'm thinking that I'll just greet you in the next two weeks, Christmas and then New Year, and then go back to, you know, regular episodes on January because... I also have a lot of school requirements. But yeah, I'm speaking too much now. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.